Welcome to another episode of the AM Broadcast and today we're doing a special podcast outside um, with uh, my brother Rashid and he's just going to introduce himself quickly. Introduce myself? How do I introduce <laughs> myself? <laughs> my name is Rashid. My background, yeah. Whatever you care to disclose. Um, yeah, my name is Rashid. I'm born and raised in the UK. Um, my I'm of a Dutch and Ghanaian heritage. My father's from Ghana, my mother's from Netherlands, and um, I'm a father of two. Um, awesome. do business, network marketing, essential services consultant, um, awesome. also work with in the community work as well. Um, but yeah, and I'm a good friend of Ahmed. <laughs> What's that? Ten years plus or something? Yeah, yeah. But what I was going to do, I was going to ask you, um, generally your thoughts on working from home, parenting. I thought I'd like to ask you more about working from home. How's it been, especially with COVID? And yeah. prior to this, I think you were doing that anyway, sort of. Yeah. But you were moving about a bit more. Yeah. Um, like how's it been with the restrictions? So basically, like, just generally, how's it been for you working from home? Yeah, it's been cool. Um, yeah, like you said, like my business is mainly designed to be able to, um, you know, be able to do online anyway. Mm. Um, or it's primarily primarily based online, so um, wasn't hit that hard, you know, with 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 um, the lockdown coming around. But um, but yeah, like uh, I had to adjust. I had to get used to. Um, contributing to my children's uh, schooling mm. you know because uh, the schooling stopped for them my daughter she's seven my son is four years old so and they're still currently out of school right right now um, so yeah just getting but I, I actually enjoyed that as well because mm. I've always wanted to kind of get more into you know the home educating or mm. just not Spend educating them from home but yeah more involved in the education mm. in their education right so and now I had the chance to do that. It's actually it's actually so perfect that it kind of came around in a weird way because if I, if I was to have done it like in a holiday time, for example, and start making an effort to do that, I would have to find the resources and stuff like that to be able to like further educate my kids myself. But right now I'm getting a lot of the help, getting the resources from the teachers. They're sending yeah. me the resources to use and then I'm using those resources you know so it's so it's just so perfect you know because i've always wanted to get into it because of you know from um listening to people like john taylor ghetto um you know he's like a a well um he's a retired teacher of 30 years he's written many books on the topic of home education or or just educating children basically and and the school system prior and then you wanted to yeah no so um do you remember when we were working uh, with uh um uh right uh and you know he was homeschooling his kids. No way, I didn't even know. Yeah, six, seven kids he had, right? No way. Yeah, so, um, and um, he was homeschooling his kids. And did you ever meet his kids? No, I don't think so. Man, amazing, so smart, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, as opposed to what most people think about, you know, a homeschooled child maybe having a lack of uh, ability to socially interact. Mm. 
fully able to socially interact mm. with people his age and even adults as well more so than people that are going to school but and that's what i see that's what i was seeing over and over again anytime i'd meet someone that had homeschooled people and i had the same common misconceptions that a lot of other people had when it mm. came to like homeschooling but he really opened my eyes to the reality of it like and how it could be done well um and he told me the one of the main people he told me about was john taylor ghetto he introduced me to John Taylor Ghetto. He's written books. I haven't read the. I had, I, I'll be honest. I haven't read the books, but I've listened to a lot of his lectures and stuff. Um, and his background is quite. Um, I I kind of um, was going to ask this. It just it just popped in my head now that you brought it up. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but um, you know when like we were in school and they taught us like just weird things for example like how um we came from monkeys and <laughs> i was just I, I was just thinking about this i was like because even in school i questioned it and then yeah. they made you seem like awkward or weird or strange yeah, for questioning it, yeah and like nowadays it's just everyone's questioning a, lo- a lot of things yeah and if you go back it's like how were we even made to believe that like yeah. we came from monkeys and then we came from fish and the whole evolutionary theory which it's so easy to debunk and it's just crazy that it made mm-hmm. us believe this thing mm-hmm. that's uh, leading on to my next question um homeschooling do you think that what are your thoughts on homeschooling prior and now so like actually just to add to what you just said on, on um when it came to the, the what, what we're taught in schooling, yeah. right? One of the things that John Taylor Ghetto mentions, right? By the way, John Taylor Ghetto, just to let you know, like who he is, um, he he's a retired teacher, been teaching over 30 years. He won Teacher of the Year award three times in a row in the state of New York, which is unprecedented. It has never happened before. Somebody winning three times in a, in a row, where is a state where there's over about a thousand or two thousand teachers that you know were not like probably nominated or like you know could be getting that award so three times in a row right and um his whole after he retired basically a lot of his students have uh credited their success their the success that they've had gone on to have later on in life to his teaching methods and when he retired um he dedicated his he started to dedicate his life now to um researching the origin of schooling like where where did the idea of compulsory schooling education okay. come from yeah so the um so he talks about the origins of uh oh, he re- was researching the origins of um schooling of compulsory schooling mm. not education by the way everybody's for education but he's particularly schooling because his in his 30 years of schooling he always noticed that it always seemed to be that the schools had a different agenda than actually raising up raising or nurturing upstanding citizens mm. like it seemed to he, he realized more and more that there was a, c- a certain agenda like you know raising or nurturing people that would fit into a certain system mm. and just be submissive and be taught certain things it's acc- being acclimated to it basically exactly mm. so just like what you said you know we're taught certain things and the moment you question those things mm. you're like kind of ostracized for it or you're looked at as like oh what what kind of crazy questions is this guy asking the reason being is because your questions john taylor ghetto will say well your questions doesn't fit the narrative that the the, the school system has been designed to nurture you towards mm. and and he noticed that so he noticed that kind of that kind of uh discord between 
actually what you actually need to do to rate to to nurture a young person to be a positive contributing member to society and what the school system's goals are so he's like wondering why is there this discord so this is why he looked into the history of the um, school compulsory education and he found roots going back all the way to the Prussian Prussian Empire mm. Like I don't know, like the Russian area, Germany, and all that. Yeah. I didn't even know what Prussia was, yeah. but, you know, before, I've heard of it before. I've heard hearing of it. But they came up with um, a system. Their goal initially was to come up with a system where they could have, and this this sounds crazy type of conspiracy type of things, mm. but you can actually reach this. This is actually factually proven, mm. right? That they tried to come up with a system where they could have. What is the, what what is a way where they can have mass influence on a population, wow. mass control on a population? Wow. Okay, well one of the biggest things towards doing that. So 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 the Prussians, they wanted to think of how can we how can we further um, develop a how can we develop a system that will help us to have mass control over the population or just be able to. Yeah, just influence, influence our our society control, yeah. or control our population, mm. and um, and they had many ways of doing that, but they wanted to take it an extra step further. So they thought, well, one of the biggest obstacles towards that is the family structure. Mm. So, how can you break, break down the family structure? Okay, what you do is take away the responsibility from the parent to nurture their child from a certain age and give it to a complete stranger who you teach what they should teach wow. instead of the parent do you get what i'm saying because think about it yeah. think about it. it's crazy we've all gone school yeah? yeah but look at it from this perspective think how crazy it is that from the age of four our parents give us to complete strangers to and for majority of our day mm. for 16 years of our life or however long we're in the school system mm. we spend our time with strangers more time than we spend with our own yeah. parents who really were supposed to learn our philosophy or you know our worldview or whatever initially from them? Yeah, and you wonder how kids turn out a certain way. Right. And they're not with you. Right. It's exactly. Crazy. So so that was the actual goal of the Prussian Empire, and and in his book he actually finds links of how our educational system in the UK in the US the whole idea of compulsory education is linked back to them because you know there was no such thing as compulsory education as this is a recent invention of about 200 300 years old so so before that the way people will get educated is that you'd be part of a family the dad or the mum would have a certain profession and you'd raised up and, and, and learn that profession even yeah. from a young age yeah, right yeah. like if they were blacksmith you blacksmith bakers you you'd learn the profession of a bakery you know of, of being a, a baker whatever the profession was yeah. and that's how people would you know grow up learn basically and be nurtured, learn a skill later on become a productive and you know contributing member to the society yeah. So, so um, yeah, like that's your the morals and ethics were set in terms of right because you get it from your family directly, you know, mm -hmm. and then there's no, so so in many ways, yeah, it, it's 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 crazy when you think about it, you know, and 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 this is and he says this is the reason why a lot of the problems that we're facing right now of the functional discord in society comes down to that, mm -hmm. comes down to the fact that the child is taken, taken away mm -hmm. and put in a strange environment with strangers, taught mm -hmm. by strangers, taught this system you know, mainly designed for them to assimilate or just 
obey kind mm. of orders because think about that's what's so the main crazy. thing that you're taught in school that is so crazy Isn't it? it's just bringing like flashbacks in my mind where they tell you don't do this don't do that um even like for example i was in um sixth form and i was trying to um apply for university but i wasn't really on it as much i wasn't really interested and i told like my form tutor i was like i'm not, I'm not gonna do it or she overheard and she was just completely shocked it's like it shattered her world view or something <laughs> like just because i don't want to do something and i can obviously see the debt that's going to be impacted i can see that i'm going to be have more time by myself away from the teachers mm. so i'm not going to have that help even though whatever they're schooling you or teaching you is their influences or the government's influences mm -hmm. but even when i like that's one element like they're just shocked um the next stage is when i went to when i actually went to uni and more of the stuff that i learned was just opening my eyes to that it was more independent learning and researching but mm -hmm. like, i went to a media studies course and mm. what was the name of the um course? i think it was just film and media studies okay. yeah. um it was more in terms of theories and um the writing psychology behind it mm -hmm. and they just break it down like how the advertising behind coca-cola and it just, it just opened like a new mm. world for me i was like wow like obviously like with youtube and the internet there's loads of things out there to open your mind mm -hmm. and make you think differently uh or help you to think differently as opposed to being just taught by the government or the school the school and education um but it just opened my eyes differently and i thought this is crazy i didn't learn anything of this prior to this exactly. and now you just want to kind of spring it up on me exactly it's like my ho your your whole view of schooling is changed yeah. when you're at university and mm. you, you know, did you notice you learn all of that stuff mm. independently yeah like they may they might have guided you to how to learn these type of stuff but mm. you you learned that stuff that kind of opened up your mind independently it wasn't kind of do you know what i mean like given to you given to you, you know sure. Yeah, so um, so yeah, going back to your original point of you know philosophies being forced on you, that's what John Taylor Getter would argue, you know. So, but but so and it, so he presents or he doesn't just talk about the problem; he presents a solution. He believes the solution is going back to what was done for hundreds and year, hundreds centuries mm. for 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 all of time mm. before the past two hundred years. Mm going back to that form of education where the parents played a big role in the education themselves. The problem is, is that he says is that parents and many other educators have been, um, say this as well. Parents have been have been convinced that they don't have the capability to do what te the, the teachers do. The funny thing is COVID has shown loads of people and parents and whatnot that they can do it. And oh my God. That's that they're so true. even better than some of the teachers. But yeah. You know why? Because think about it. First of all, when you go to school, it's, I feel sorry for the teachers, teachers, to be honest, because it's one teacher to... Because if you think about it, when, when you, in schooling, I feel, like I mentioned, I feel sorry for teachers, right? Because the best scenario sometimes that you have with most schools is that you have one teacher to 20 pupils. Mm. And it's just common sense like you're not going to be able to give to that attention everyone. to every single person Definitely. like and they're not all going to move at the same speed as well mm. in terms of their learning so some people are going to it's just inevitable some people are going to be left behind yeah. right some people are going to be some people are going to do so well that they want to move forward but they can't because they have to they follow the class's yeah. pace yeah. right um, and then on t and, and, and versus a parent 
it's like one to one or one to two or three or four you know five rare it'd be more than five children right but you know it's 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 more of a personal one-to-one interaction is more um yeah it's just more of a personal touch there you can kind of interrupt when you want you can uh, ask as many questions as you want you can tailor it specifically to the way that that person learns as well mm. that's another thing another educator has has talked about uh, ken robinson mm. he talks about how the current education system is still stuck in the ways of the past you know like you think about every so many things oh yeah so many things have um, changed so many things have de- developed and changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, look how much mobile technology has advanced mm-hmm. over the past hundred years, right? Look how much cars and transportation has advanced over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But so you take a picture of a car hundred years ago or transport hundred years ago to now. Mm-hmm. Look at the difference. Big difference you'd see. Take a picture of a mobile phone or what, however you used to communicate hundred years ago to now mm-hmm. to a mobile phone now, smartphones. Now take a picture of a classroom a hundred years ago and take a picture of a classroom now. There's hardly any change. It's still desks, table, teacher in front, right? There's hardly any change. How can it be that the school educational system hasn't developed when the times have completely changed? And he actually points out that the current educational system is still a reflection of the industrial revolution. So what he mean? What he there's a good video on this. Um, I've forgotten what it. RSO RS, uh, yeah I was just RSE yes or RS something I can't and they do it. like a little sketch um, yeah, animation I was thing yeah talk about it how they try to blame the kids having ADHD that's it and yeah that yeah, video that, yeah. exact, that exact video I'm gonna put that in here <laughs> yeah <laughs> link it link it yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah when you watch that video that's, when he, that's where Sir Ken Robinson really breaks down how the current educational system still reflects the industrial revolution where what we were having is that we were having big companies coming up like because companies had learned how to produce produce things on a mass scale mass mm. production mm. that that's that was the one of the key um things that you could identify the industrial revolution with right mass mm. we learned mass production mm. and so hence we now needed people to work in a system where there was mass production so jobs um and and that in turn meant that we needed to educate people for those jobs, mm. right? Um, sort of that you have to fool people to get into these companies to mass produce things. Yeah. It's, it's, and the education system is tailored to that. If you can't do this or the way they kind of like belittle you, so then you think, okay, I have nothing else. And then when you go to the government for help, they give you a low paying job and then they put you in this system that you're a cog in a machine and then you yeah. can't get out of that because you've just been doing that whole all of your life yeah. and you, you try and do something different it's harder to climb up and move in yeah. in that new industry and that's your passion and whatnot exactly it's crazy. It's crazy and you, and and nobody's even saying that there's something wrong with the whole thing with um big companies and mass production and jobs yeah. but it's just that times have changed now where before if you went got out of education and you got a job mm. you were sorted like Right from the beginning, already once you finish your education, you probably already had a house somewhere for mm. you. You you had enough money now to like have extra money over to save towards something or do leisurely type of things. Now, you have two jobs and it's barely enough to make ends meet mm-hmm. uh, because times are changing. Like because technology is changing, so the way you know technology is taking of over those jobs that we would normally do in mass production mm. that they take technology robots mm. are taking over. 
you know now artificial intelligence is becoming a thing and some, some of the even things that you would still have to use your brain kind so of loads to do of factories have been closed down exactly that's crazy right and and this and the school system hasn't adapted to that mm. so how many people do we know that even us when we came out of school how much of a struggle was it for us to find our place in the world in mm. terms of what we wanted to do with our lives like a job mm. like why should it have to be so difficult mm. after 16 years of schooling like after 16 years of come on like mm. we all worked hard do you know what i mean like yeah. even if we messed about a little bit in school just the fact that we spent 16 years in school mm. doesn't that deserve for us to come up with something at the end of it do you know what i mean um, but it's just become like accepted now because everyone's going through that problem but mm. um people are waking up to that people well, are waking up to one of the things i want to say sorry to cut you off a lot no? uh, one thing i want to say as well is that the um, the wages have stayed stagnant while in terms of uh, food and everything else gas prices uh, petrol everything else has gone up and they expect you to somehow survive yeah it, it needs to change where it evens out or it's more than that where you're earning enough to pay everything and you have some left over so you can save up towards something yeah. it's not right people working for example a dpd job where the uh, courier same time trying to do uh, the passion same time trying to do another job because in the past people can work two three jobs and then they have so much money left over mm -hmm. and now you can do as many jobs as you want like for example even uber mm -hmm. like people work an uber job and they can barely get by mm -hmm. they have to do another job or a night yeah. shift it's crazy it is it's is absolutely crazy so yeah it's, it's, it's like um that's why i'm such a big supporter of like now independent working yeah and entrepreneurship mm. you know um just having a side hustle mm. doing something on the side making money you need that because that has been the main form of that that people way that people have been making money throughout history anyway mm. Jobs. Especially now, especially now. Exactly, and now it's becoming more of a thing that it's going to be necessary. Mm. I believe it's going to, it's, 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 it's not a new thing, entrepreneurship. Mm. It's, it's, it's becoming more common, like it used to be common back in the day. Because mm. you think about all those people, like we were mentioning, families that were bakers, mm. families that were, I don't know, um, mechanics or, you know, they had a history of working in finance, banking or whatever. They were all entrepreneurs. Mm. They were running their own business. Mm. Um, even look, let's go back to the time of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? Thousand four hundred years ago in yeah. Arabia. Yeah. What were they doing? So many. It was. He himself were, was an entrepreneur. He was a merchant, yeah. right? So that's a form of entrepreneurship, yeah. buying and selling goods, recognizing that in Syria there was a whole load of, you know, um, Asham. They, that was the region that was called at that time, which is current Syria. Yeah. There was a whole load of uh, trade going on there, a lot of goods that you could get from other parts of the world, you could get it there. Mm. So certain people saw the business opportunity to travel, mm. sacrifice and travel however many days it took to go all the way there mm. and come back and sell those goods. And you're providing a service to the people in Mecca because they don't have that. They don't have the, some of them don't have the ability to travel mm. all those days to go and buy those goods, mm. but you're making it available for them and then you make a profit in turn. Right. Mm. So think about entrepreneurship has been the way that people have made money throughout yeah. history you know and i think it's it's reverting back to that yeah you know um so yeah i i, I support that big time so you support, support um working from home um working for yourself and also um 
parenting uh, yourself, like teaching your kids, like to a certain degree, like maybe they might need to have some sort of social interaction with other kids and whatnot. Yeah. But the main aim of a father or mother is to nurture your children um, and make them good role models and also benefit your you you earn something from teaching and yeah. and and nurturing your your children or children in general but um I, i'm glad that you mentioned that actually because that's actually one of the, biz, the biggest misconceptions as well with homeschooling mm-hmm. in terms of um the lack of social social interaction people think that there's going to be a lack of social interaction and and i was one i i i was in that position as well as well i thought that as well in the beginning before i i realized I came across people that actually were homeschooling their kids and I see what they did in in terms of social interaction um, and the reason part of the reason is because of the name homeschooling because homeschooling is not really homeschooling Mo- most of it is done outside of the home um, and a lot of these a lot of people that do homeschooling there's like many many groups that you have now especially now with technology social media online groups of parents that come together and every every day there's like a group a homeschooling group available somewhere where they rent a venue right. where it's basically kind of like a school environment you meet, they meet other kids their age that's new to me yeah but it's free learning it's like so a lot of people that do homeschooling they use a form of education called open source learning mm. so instead of you just following a rigid curriculum mm. be very attentive to your kids interests and their needs mm. and as you observe them you will notice the things that they draw are more drawn towards and enjoy doing most Mm. and then when you notice that they enjoy doing a certain thing that you know can lead to them developing a certain skill that can be useful in the future support them in that so give them the resources or tools or you know to 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 go further with that mm. so and, and that's that's so that's the type of learning that they do in those type of environments and they meet all these they go on trips together yeah. like um, like for example my friend um, in, in Bradford um, he who homeschools his kids as well who I do business with as well mm. um, he he homeschools his kids every other week wow. his children are going on trips <laughs> with other people yeah. like you know, so even from the child side, they love homeschooling. Mm, mm. Like the, the kids that go through homeschooling that get homeschooled properly in the proper way, mm. they end. Up, they actually love. They see more of the world in a way. Exactly. Because I remember being in some forum. Uh, basically, it was like um, they mentored us. Like for example, it was a room, and it was all like majority. Uh, black and ethnic minority mm. students this is before like the term BAME and all of this mm. and they were doing some um, groundbreaking work because it was just two of them uh, and they mentored us and coached us in terms of like um, I think it was the environment that was around us as well because it's similar minded people similar minded mm. kids yes we had some issues we had some anger problems we had some probably family problems mm. um, and by us being together we you're you're around people that understand you Mm. and by them mentoring us and telling us um what do you like to do what do you enjoy doing what Mm. is fun for you and just understanding us it gave us a new way of thinking as opposed to just going to school um 
mess about because the teachers aren't really listening to you they don't get you they don't understand where you're from mm -hmm. they think you have an anger pro problem or there's something wrong with you not knowing your background and whatnot mm -hmm. but these guys they like it was after school like um sort of like an enrichment program that they they call it so we sat down they gave us some food we had fun we had jokes and whatnot and we went on trips mm. we we did like imagine 20 30 uh black boys doing canoeing yeah like yeah. they were so ahead of the time it's such an experience as well i believe they needed the funding and the support and mm. they probably could have kept doing it i'm not sure why it stopped but mm -hmm. And at the end of all of these things that it did for you, that you'd go and do a presentation and explain what it's all about. And it nurtured your confidence, it nurtured your your ability to, to speak in front of uh, a huge amount of people, which none of us were comfortable with, let alone speaking one-to-one -to, -one to someone that you don't know. Mm -hmm. So um, these type of things, um, are needed and I feel like we're going back to and people are noticing the gap in the market yeah. for these kinds of things it's in, ge in general even like when we're talking about education people are noticing that um, things need to change we have to figure out like we have to see what the problem is and like for example we're talking about um, the professor or some he's he noticed that there's um, you can go somewhere you can get the, the trade you can bring it back mm -hmm. and then you can make money off that mm -hmm. it's always noticing that like it's type it kind of like the matrix no noticing that there's a mm. there's a little right. error and then breaking that error um in coding or whatnot but um one of the other things i want to i don't know you can't have a conversation without re referencing the matrix <laughs> we, have to, we have to mention <laughs> some type of philosophy within the matrix in it <laughs> i was just trying like um yeah, sometimes it just it just comes to me. I don't know, but um, one nah, of it's good, bro. I love it. <laughs> one one of the Red things. Pill, blue pill, you know. Oh, you can just keep going on and on, man. I need to watch it again, man. I haven't watched yeah. it in a long time, you know. I think the first and the second one was the best. Well, yeah. they should have like kind of merged the first and the second one because I felt the first one was anticlimactic. Are they coming up with a four? Serious? Do you know that? Keanu Reeves? Or yeah. What was it based actors. on, though? I don't know. Because. I think it had like some sort of um, Christian symbolism yeah. throughout it. Like I didn't Especially notice that. The end. I didn't notice that in the first one. The yeah. second one, the third one third is like one obvious. It was yeah. just obvious. But <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. What, like Neo being the savior. I've forgotten what the premise of it is, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. You know. The, I hope they don't ruin it because when they do like well, fourths and fifths, and it's been years. They had an original. It's been years. So, so I'm thinking, if they're going to bring it back after this many years... It better be good. Then, right, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then, I don't know, like, you know, sequels have disappointed me uh, Yeah. Uh, as of late, isn't it? And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, but the original actor, some of the original actors, well, the main person, like Keanu Reeves, I guess, is coming mm. back. And, It'll be interesting you know. to know what they're going to do, because if I if I don't like the premise of it, then yeah. there's no point in me watching it. I'm not thinking I'm going to watch time. it just because it's Matrix 4, but... <laughs> I was thinking that of uh, Bad Boys as well, like Bad Boys. I mean, I'm, I, 3. I don't know if I'm going to pay for it. That's the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 a definite no-no. Uh, we do not condone piracy. Uh, it's not piracy. You just wait for the film to come out. <laughs> a couple years later, then you watch it. Uh, <laughs> what was I going to say to you? Um, one of the things I um, wanted to probably end on. Um, is doo -doo 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 -doo. yeah the pros and cons and recommendations uh working from home parenting mm. how's it how's it been like pros and cons 
Would oh. you rec- obviously you'd recommend it, but uh, yeah, from what with with, with parenting or pros and cons uh, on both. Which one should I start with? Um, uh, parenting. parenting, okay. Um, from home. Like, obviously, it requires. Uh, I mentioned a lot of the pros already, so t- so uh, let's be realistic. There are cons to it as well, mm. which is that unfortunately. The way the system is currently set up, most people need to make need to work full time to make ends meet, mm. and so most people are going to find a real struggle actually getting the time mm. to actually educate their their, their their children, mm. and and that really comes down to you know it's the system you know mm. this is the way the system is set up unfortunately, mm. and the way how much money we make doesn't cover mm. you know our costs anymore because you know inflation or all these different things you know um that's a whole nother conversation i guess but i think somewhere in sweden or norway you can they work like three days a week yeah and it's crazy you know what speaking of sweden and norway that is actually a place so sweden and norway the scandinavian countries those are actually an example a great example of people that have really um, been able to they still have school system mm. but they've really been able to adapt with the times um, and it's they do things really differently can you imagine can you believe that in most of the schools there they don't start learning how to read and write until the age of around six or seven but by the time they are teenagers they come out with the highest education rates in terms of their grades of their results and whatnot. Way beyond the UK, for example. Why is that? UK is somewhere learning? at the bottom. Why is that that they learn later? Um, I think it just happened, but they just let them develop but, and then. Yeah. So, but but part of the part of the reason why they say that it has so much more benefit mm. is um, because they say that a child or a, a person goes through three stages of development mm. and the first seven years um, the, the, the main things that a, a child is learning to develop is their like ability to move okay. and motor yeah exactly so motor rotary sensory skills mm. um, you know just their body movements etc speech mm. language um, and and those those and then and then the, the seven years from seven years plus that's when really they have got that found that foundation now to learn the more deeper kind of stuff of actually reading yeah. and mathematics and things that require more things that are more abstract yeah. if you know what I mean. So when uh, you're teaching them at an earlier stage, just kind of like bombarding them with too many things at once. Exactly, and what ends up happening is that those children that are not yet ready to have that they get, end up getting put off mm. from that subject and 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 or not just that they end up getting put off as they grow up in in the years they you know they have sets in classes and they'll get put in the lower sets and so it gets drilled in their mind that you, i'm not good at maths mm. i'm not good at english and the worst thing that you could do for a child's development the, the most important thing for a child's development is actually their confidence mm. and if you if from a young age you've made them to feel like they're not good at it mm. 
they're not going to develop because you stunted their uh, potential and their growth. Exactly. Mm. So, so um, yeah. So that's why one of the reasons why a lot of educational specialists have said that one of the reasons that they pointed out why that their system has worked so much better, mm. um, and even overall, like I, I mean, I don't know by what standard they measure this by, but you know, they measure like the overall happiness of like teenagers or young adults by the time they get to adults within those countries and compare it to the here mm. and apparently they say that you know they're much more happier and not less problems of depression and you know anxiety and overall, all these things overall um, even when they're adults they are like for example their wage mm -hmm. is much more uh, than what it would be here so the the for example i went there and um to either sweden or Norway, i can't remember but they their snickers is like three pounds yeah mm -hmm. just a normal snickers bar three pounds mm -hmm. but their wage is higher enough to cover their their food their mm. their living expenses it's expensive but those people there can afford it right because their wage is higher like they earn way more as a teacher there than they do here yeah so i heard that too yeah so if you earn more and the the um, uh, your cost of living is just medium to low compared to them, mm -hmm. uh, compared to their wages, then why can't that happen everywhere else? Like, for example, we're learning. I've seen people online say, um, I can't believe I was working five days mm -hmm. because it's kind of like a scam. Like, you don't have to work that long and that many hours and however many jobs you have. Mm -hmm. But, um, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's not natural. Yeah. It's not natural to have to be forced to kind of work at something for that long. So yeah, it's been nice uh, talking. Uh, thank you for jumping on the podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully, inshallah, we'll do more. Um, yeah, look forward to it. That was a podcast with Rashid uh, Mohammed. That's been another episode of the AIM Broadcast. Continue to listen on Anchor. Follow our journey on Twitter. And join the conversation.